it's almost like chasing goats. If you ever try to herd goats, try and chase three goats and you'll never get any of them. <laughs> Follow one and catch him and then, and then you'll be right. DigitalMarketingRadio.com The Big Interview with David Bain How do you effectively delegate your social media marketing? How do you structure the building of your own social media team? And how much social media marketing can actually be automated? Those are just three of the questions that I intend to ask our special guest today, Andrew McCauley. Andrew, welcome to DMR. Hey, David. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to being on the show today. Well, great to have you. Well, in 2006, Andrew started his own business consulting company and one of his first clients asked him how people were using Facebook for their marketing. And he had no idea what Facebook was, let alone use it for business. Thus began his journey on studying social media for business. And today you can find Andrew at autopilotyourbusiness.com. So Andrew, was it actually possible for businesses to utilize Facebook way back in 2006? Well, David, yes, the answer is yes. And that's half the reason I actually got involved with Facebook in the first place was that um, my client more or less said he'd seen it somewhere. He'd read something and he said, there is some people using it for business. How do I go and do it as well? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll let me <laughs> check that out. So I, uh, I found a, uh, a few people uh, using it. It wasn't many, but a few people using it for business. And I was, I was excited because I'm always, I've always been a student of marketing. And uh, I thought, wow, this, this platform, as far as I knew, was just for kids to be stupid on, you know, mm. just sending those stupid pictures. And when I heard someone was doing it for business, I'm like, well, it must be business for kids. And it turns out that it wasn't that at all. It was completely different. And uh, I was excited about that, thinking, wow, this is a new frontier. So I was pretty quick to recognize that this was going to be pretty powerful. And, uh, and I started developing a lot of... Um, programs and teachings for it so as I was traveling the world I was able to teach people about Facebook and you know now you can ask the question how many people got a Facebook account and you do get recognitions faces facial recognition when people answer that question but back in those days people look at going what's Facebook what's Facebook so mm. it's certainly changed since then yeah but I remember yeah. back in uh, certainly those mid-2000s it was certainly just only available for students for a while and, and then they made it available for everyone. It just just grew incredibly, um, because um, of course I remember getting started in, with MySpace back in about two thousand and four, I think it was, and then mm -hmm. it was Bebo that I was using a bit in the UK um, right. about two thousand five, two thousand six or so, and I, I don't think I really got into Facebook until two thousand and seven. Yeah, I, I was um, I was traveling around at the time, and uh, and I was in the UK actually myself when. Um, when somebody had asked me about it, and I'm like, wow, I'd never even heard of it in Australia. And uh, so I know I was luckily enough uh, in the UK meeting with a client there at the time that they introduced me to Facebook, although it wasn't as they thought it was going to be. But um, I was lucky enough to be overseas um, because I think Australia sometimes is a little bit behind the eight ball when it comes to technology occasionally. And uh, I think back then I was just in the right place at the right time. Mm. And of course, um, lots of businesses, um, or at least um, digital marketing trainers, used uh, Facebook probably the wrong way to begin with by doing things like adding thousands of personal friends um, to their own personal profiles and um, and trying to market via that. And that was probably the days before business pages as well. Um, what are a few of the ways that you see businesses not using Facebook correctly? And um, um, how has that changed over the years? And um, are businesses using it more effectively? nowadays 
Mm, well, you know, it's it's changed a lot. I think, think since uh, January this year when Facebook came out and said effectively to every business page, it's time to pay for pay pay to play on our platform. Mm. Um, and they essentially wiped out the uh, the reach of a lot of these pages, and and I think a lot of people were really disillusioned about, you know, we've spent all this money driving traffic to Facebook to our Facebook page, um, and now effectively we've lost eighty percent of our traffic. And I've always said Facebook is a tool. You don't want to build your business on rented land. You don't want to build a house on rented land. Mm. And so many businesses were falling into that trap thinking, well, you know, I don't, need a f- I don't need a website anymore because Facebook's there and I can just drive traffic to that and it doesn't cost me anything. Well, it's come back to bite them in the backside. So a lot of people have sort of been disillusioned about how to use Facebook since January this year. Uh, one of the most effective ways is obviously paid advertising, but there are still a few methods out there that will work, but it's, it's going to now cost you in time rather than... Um, money and it's either you've either got money or you've got time or you've got a bit of a mixture of both and um, and a lot of people aren't willing to put in the time. And is it still important for the majority of businesses to think about having their own Facebook page now or is the fact that um, Facebook have made organic reach so much more difficult for pages, does that make it not really worthwhile for the majority of businesses? Well, I say here's, here's what I say, if, you, if you're willing to put in a fair amount of time then have a page or if you're willing to spend money on advertising every day or every couple of days, then it's it's worth it. But if you're thinking that you're just going to put a page up and hope that they will come, then don't even bother. Right. Waste of time. Okay. And obviously, social media as a whole is becoming a lot more important in the overall digital marketing mix now. Um, mm. A lot of businesses out there um, starting to build their own internal social media departments. Um, but what are the job functions within social media? And uh, what are the best, um, more effective ways to actually grow and, and, and build your own social media team? You know, David, I think the, the thing is that it's now growing. And as you said, there are a lot of a lot of companies putting their own team together, but it's not teams of one. You know, there's, there's more than one person needed now on a social team because of the extent of how far it's reaching. You know, you've got all these different platforms, you know, top the big six platforms, and then you've got all these other extra ones that may or may not work for you, like on the fringes like Snapchat and Instagram and Vine and all that sort of stuff too. And... Um, there is a lot of, um, and, and this day and age of content marketing, I'm sure we'll talk about content marketing coming up, but you know, it's, uh, it's so much more than just putting out a, t- a post and making sure you're putting out a post on every platform because now there's interaction and, you, and there's engagement. And if you're, not, if you're not engaging with people, if you're not looking for the right people and you're not interacting with the right people, then essentially you're, just, you, you're, shooting, you're shooting in the air and you're not aiming at anything and it, and it could be a waste of time. So when you're looking for a team, you really want to look at um, somebody that can represent you, uh, represent your brand Mm. and be the face of you. And I think this is where a lot of this outsourcing stuff fell down over the last three years was that people were quick to outsource to different countries, um, uh, even, even outsourcing to people that weren't inside the organization. And these people were robotic in nature. You know, the posts were very... Mm bland, they weren't personable, they weren't engaging, they were just posts for the post's sake. And, uh, and a lot of people, you, you, can, you can quickly see whether a post is, um, is it just there for being there or is it actually the person or the brand or somebody behind that brand actually interacting with the people that are out there. 
And um, and I think that's the big downfall of many businesses that try to cut corners is they'll go and employ someone to do it. As a company, we used to do this for people, but we stopped doing this three years ago because of that exact reason. It's like we're not doing a business any favors. We're not inside the business. We're not living and breathing that business. We're not the face of that business. Um, and we don't want to represent them or us ultimately if that's not the right thing to be doing. So we'd say to people, we'll teach you how to do it. We'd rather teach you how to do it. You're going to have to either do it yourself or get somebody inside your team to do it. Because um, I just think there's a big danger of outsourcing, especially to the wrong people. Uh, okay. Um, so you need someone to actually represent your brand, to understand your brand culture. Um, but um, are there different communication styles on different social networks? Mm. Um, you know, Would you have a different tone on Twitter compared with Facebook or uh, some other facial, um, social network? And if the, that's the case, would ideally um, you employ a different person to deal with each social network? Yeah, definitely. Definitely, there's a, a different communication style on every on every uh, platform. You know, Twitter's real quick. It's it's uh, short bursts of information. Uh, Facebook is a little bit more. I like to call it a bit more fluffy, a little bit more um, touchy feely, if you like. Uh, business business orientated stuff will be done on LinkedIn and that sort of thing too. So you're not going to be posting the fluffy pictures and all that sort of stuff that you do on Facebook on your LinkedIn. Do you need a separate person? You don't need a separate person for all of them, but you do need to have them almost take a hat off and say, all right, I am going into Twitter mode. I need to talk Twitter. I need to talk like the language of Twitter and the people that are watching or communicating with us on Twitter. So you do have to have the ability for people to switch. Um, They can't, it's, 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 complex if you have seven different tabs open with seven different platforms and you're trying to interact all at the same time you become a little bit schizophrenic i think (laughs) and is it necessary to try and be everywhere as well if you're perhaps a smaller business and you can only um, dedicate a few hours per week to social media and in that instance would you be better targeting those few hours just on one particular social network that you think is best for your business yeah, great question. And I definitely say, where is your target market hanging out? Who are they? What do they do? What do they like to do? And where do they like to hang out? If they like to hang out on Facebook, great. Spend your time on there. If you've only got a limited time to do social, don't get overwhelmed with all of it. Uh, it'll still be there. And if it's not there in three months, then we'll find the next big thing to, to go and join. But stick to one platform. Get it right. Get comfortable on that. Get a get a foundation. Get a connection going with, with, your, with your followers there. And then if you find that your followers or other followers are on another platform as well, then then extend over to that. But we see this so many times. People try and do too many things at once. They all see the big dollar sign flashing before them because of all these possibilities of people everywhere. And uh, and they they it's almost like chasing goats. If you ever try to herd goats, try and chase three goats and you'll never get any of them. <laughs> Follow one and catch him and then, and then you'll be right. I've heard the saying herding cats, but, oh. but goats... Uh, was, was, I think it was, I heard it was, it was a Confucius saying, I think he said, he who chases three goats will get none. <laughs> <laughs> Stick for your, your one goat. Okay, that's yeah. that's a good good saying. Um, so um, that's a good strategy, obviously, to, to focus more on quality and interaction and building a real relationship with your followers out there. Um, now, obviously, there are software tools that can assist you with automating certain tasks on social media. What tasks are appropriate to automate and what tasks should you definitely be doing on a manual basis? 
Okay, I like to use some of these. There's, some, there's a whole bunch of different tools, as you said. Hootsuite is one of my favorite. And I like to use Hootsuite as a dashboard for incoming to me. So I like to see where I need to be looking at. If, I, if I've got people tweeting and uh, connecting with me on Hootsuite, I can see it. Now, ordinarily, I'll be on Twitter now. I'm, I used to be on Hootsuite sending stuff out all the time. I used to you know, load up a lot of stuff on, um, on uh, Twitter for content or even loaded up for Facebook, but I found out that there was no interaction coming when it when it came from Hootsuite. So now I, I tend to be actually on the platforms more and more um, on the native platforms, meaning on Twitter itself and on Facebook. Mm. Uh, and using I'm using Hootsuite to check out where I need to go. And, oh, if, if there's some information coming in or some people talking to me on Twitter, I'll jump back on Twitter and then talk to them straight from Twitter. Now, um, I will use Hootsuite. Yeah, let's say I'm putting out a blog post, and and this this post is a um, it's a great post. I want to share, it, but I want to share it more than just today. I want to share it over the next three weeks because my Twitter followers will be looking at my Twitter stream in different at different times. So I'll I'll load that up in a um, in a time release over the next three weeks. A couple maybe maybe three or four times a week over the next three weeks. Um, but I'll be on Twitter interacting with people one-on-one on Twitter itself, if that makes sense. Yes, no, absolutely. Um, I, I have tended to go back to um, the networks themselves, the actual native applications mm. um, myself. You know, I, I tend to go to and fro between different things. I've used Hootsuite a little bit. I, didn't, I don't particularly like um, interacting on there. It just doesn't seem... As right. as nice as intuitive, absolutely, yeah. I, I use Buffer App quite a bit to actually schedule mm-hmm. things, um, but um, I'm not sure if that's being a little bit too automated. Um, well, I, I like Buffer too. I, I like Buffer too. I use Buffer if I'm looking at a, let's say I'm reading through some RSS feeds, mm. some articles, and that, um, and I'll come across an article. I'll stick it in my Buffer App so that I know that I've got it at, uh, set at the times that my audience generally reads, um, and I don't find that a problem. Uh, buffers seem to be fairly good for that, but um, as I said, it's majority of my time is on the actual native platform. Okay, and you mentioned uh, articles there. Um, so, what about content? Um, um, should you be um, writing great pieces of content and sharing that in social media, and that should be the majority of the content you share? Should it be um, just fairly informal interaction or sharing other content out there? What what, what should be the majority of the, the the content that you tend to share in social media? Um, I think that's a changing question <laughs> that's happening right now. Um, we're seeing more and more articles that are of the longer length. So you're writing some, you're writing a lot longer content now, and the content you, you seem to be putting a lot more effort and time into it, not just text, but a lot of images and that sort of stuff too. And that is really good content, and I like sharing that um, with people. But um, I'm sharing a lot of other people's content too. I'm probably sharing one of my articles for every eight or ten other pieces that I'm sharing and that's stuff that I'm not affiliated with it's just hey this is great I think my audience would like it let's share it you know if I um, if I come across something that that that's that resonates with me and I want to share it then I'll be able to share that too and is it so appropriate? Prob- yeah, sorry go on yeah sure sorry is it appropriate to share the same piece of content multiple times on a platform like Twitter uh, because obviously um, I've heard people say that um, that the half-life of a tweet is something like 20 minutes. So if, mm. if someone doesn't see it you know, within that first half hour, so they're, they're unlikely to see it. Yeah, you know what? Um, I, I, I've struggled with that question for a while and somebody put it into perspective for me. If you're driving 
to work in peak hour or rush hour in the mornings and you listen to the news, uh, let's say it's 7 a.m. and there's, a, um, there's an article about something or other, it doesn't matter what it is, but at 7.30 when the news comes back on again, you're going to hear the same article. It's not a different article. It's not new content. It's exactly the same article. And then at 8 o'clock, they'll run it again, right? So people um, are used to seeing the same thing over and over again. Um, it's just not that – it's just that you think that everyone's seeing it, but people will hear you at 7, and then there'll be people who turn off their cars in this situation, and other people will jump in their car or listen to the radio at that time. So it's new to them as well. So um, I don't see it as a big problem. It's just when you do a lot of it in the same day that people start saying, whoa, and Twitter will start saying, uh, I don't think this is appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> You're spamming. And I guess you can see it in the, the number of followers you have and if, if people start to drop off as well. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. Um, so um, lots of um, things to think about there with regards to social media. Um, but um, So just last um, thoughts on social media. Um, it's obviously changed a lot over the last couple of years, but um, mm-hmm. is, is there anything that's very significant you think that will happen um, in the next year or so that uh, businesses need to be thinking about now? Um, I know it's a fairly tough question, but um, um, what are your thoughts in terms of how social media marketing might evolve? Uh, good question. I, I know that uh, I think March this year, the the uh, the change from desktop reading stuff on desktop has switched over to more now people on mobile mm. and tablet devices. So um, more and more we're going to be consuming stuff on the run. You know, it doesn't matter where we are. We're driving. We're looking. We're on the train. Mm. We're seeing stuff. And I think that half life stuff you spoke about will probably even get less. Um, but as that gets less, the the stuff that's going to stand out is the stuff that's being um, taken time to create. So if you're creating content for people, people want to see good stuff that's lengthy now, a little bit longer than what it used to be. We used to all say, you know, do 300 words and that's all you needed. Yeah. People aren't even reading that now because they see it as, well, you didn't really put much effort into it. So um, as you're starting to create content, uh, you're starting to get a lot more shares and we're noticing this now is that our shares and our retweets and that sort of stuff for good content is going through the roof the longer we write, mm. the longer the, the articles are. So I think that um, A, people are going to get found out if they're not being real real on Twitter. If you're hiding behind a logo and you're using bots to post your stuff out, you won't get very far. If you're not creating good content, I mean really good content that people want to share, you're not going to get very far. So I think um, the world of social is going to start shaking itself up so that the good stuff comes to the top. The people that wanted a free ride are going to disappear. Um, and the other thing that's happening too is that paid advertising is going to go through the roof. You know, all the platforms are going on paid advertising. You've got Instagram just about um, there with the general public. You've got Snapchat putting ads out. Of course, we've got Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn ads and Pinterest ads. Um, so we're going to see a lot more ads. And I think what we're also going to start seeing is People getting savvy to what are what is it that they're actually liking and connecting with because these ads are going to start appearing everywhere in front of them. Mm. I, I think so much is going to happen. You know, I I really like Twitter the way it is. I hope it doesn't change too much because, of mm-hmm. course, um, it, it may have to evolve a little bit to actually satisfy its investors, I suppose. But hopefully, not too much. Yeah, definitely. And you know, that that is that is a that is a big that's a big balancing act for these guys is because they've created a platform. They've given it to us for free. We all like the way it does. And then they introduce ads. And I think, to be honest with you, I think Facebook's um, on a bit of a, of a downhill slide because of that reason. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's some great thoughts there on social media. But let's segue into the second section of our discussion. So that focuses more on your thoughts on where digital marketing in general has been and where it's heading. So starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success? Um, marketing success. I was going to say Skype because that is my connection to the world. I, I use everything Skype for everything. But as far as marketing goes... Um, with software we use with our team, we use some, uh, now this may not be a marketing, but it does help us get our team together and that's Basecamp. Right. Uh, we use Basecamp for our um, project management and inside those project management is all of our marketing stuff. So if we didn't have that to connect with people, we probably wouldn't know where we are in, in terms of each other. So I think Basecamp is one of those things that I couldn't really live without. And a slightly more challenging question, what software don't you use, but you've heard good things about and you've meant to try at some point in the near future? <laughs> well, there's lots of that. Um, <laughs> um, you know, uh, Podio is a project management software that I've heard a lot about uh, that everyone says good things. It's like having something that you're so used to, you don't know if you want to let it go or not. Mm. And it may be better than what we're using, but because we're used to what we're using for so long, it's almost painful to to let that go. <laughs> so um so I'm I'm uh, I'm going to say Podio is is one I'd like to check out. I just haven't had I didn't have the guts to go and check it out yet. If that makes sense. Yes, no, absolutely. I'm sure you will do it at one stage. I think we've all got software that um we stick with, and we know that there's potentially other software mm-hmm. out there that's a little bit better. But um, you can't do everything at the same time as well. I wish I would have. I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What mm. didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. You know, way back then, there wasn't a lot of information uh, about uh, online marketing. I, I was struggling with the whole concept of landing pages mm. and how to collect email addresses. And I sort of thought, well, I don't think that's a big deal if I don't know it, you know, not so much. And uh, so I didn't collect email addresses for the first year and a half or two. And back then I had a lot of visits and I had a lot of people doing going to some really bad websites that, that I had developed, but I wasn't collecting the information from them. So yeah. I wish that I'd understood that concept a lot more because that is, I think that's everything right now. But um, if I'd, if I'd, gone back and said, you know what, I need to have this sorted out just because I don't understand it. Go and find someone that could. But of course, there was no things like Fiverr or Elance or um, Odesk or anything like that. I, you you had to know somebody who did that because yeah. it was very hard to find the right people back then. But now it's, I mean, that's easy. A lot of that stuff is so easy to overcome. It's crazy how easy it is for people entering this space for the first time. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's so, so much easier now. I, I remember actually using a website called rentacoder.com in about mm-hmm. 2004. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, but, but it was, it was still really just for coders and it was quite hard to f- know what thing to post uh, and to, to find the right people. It was completely different to what Odesk is nowadays. And, you know, I think the other part to that, David, was that you didn't know what to ask for. You didn't know what these things were called. Like, yeah. I didn't know that it was an autoresponder. It was like a thing that collects email addresses, you know, oh. and and you'd have your own names written and you'd try and tell somebody, this is what I'm looking for. And they'd be like, I've never heard of that before. Mm. <laughs> I was like, well, you've never heard of it because I made it up. I don't know what it's really called. <laughs> oh, I know. Um, I, I, I wish I would have as, um, is, is one of these things that um, everyone's got a lot of, but um, 
it's the future that matters. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So let's move on to... The This or That Round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions. Try not to think about the answer too much. I'm just looking for your gut reaction. Ready to go? Okay, let's do it. Email or Twitter? Email. Audio or video? Audio. Affiliates or display advertising? Uh, uh, <laughs> affiliates. Facebook or Google Plus? Google Plus. Online press releases or one-on-one relations? One-on-one. Paid search or SEO? Paid. Email contact form or telephone number? Uh, email. Website email. or app? Website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Email. And local marketing or global marketing? Uh, global. You managed to get 10 out of 10 without saying any both. So that's that's very impressive. There yeah. you go. Uh, you struggled a bit with a couple. Though. Um, affi- I, was, I was, yeah, I'm like, oh, that's a hard one. What, which one do I go? And, uh, I wanted to give you one at least. No, that was, that was great. Um, you ended up going for Google Plus instead of Facebook. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I'm, I'm leaning towards Google Plus at the moment only because I think the future is going up for Google Plus still. I uh, just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm hitting a wall with Facebook at the moment. I'm like, mm. I just, uh, anyway, that's where I'm at with Google Plus. So I think Google Plus, if if they get their thing, the act, the acts get together, I think they've got a lot to offer. Yeah, Google Plus is a strange one because um, a few people that I speak to see say, oh, Google Plus is dead. Then other people say it's absolutely essential for local business and um, video marketing. Um, so it's it's not a traditional social network. Um, it's it's more of a a social integration into everything that Google does. We use Google Plus for our Hangouts for for our TV show. So um, we're on it every week, and, and we're using it every week. And, and some of that stuff, you know, Google Hangouts, you can you can do stuff that we could never do five years ago. Mm. And I just think the technology they're giving to us for free is just phenomenal. Oh, absolutely. You know, no, I'd like I'd like to try Google Plus uh, more in the future, but um, I'll get I'll get around to it. <laughs> you get there, you get there. The ten thousand dollar question. If I was to give you ten thousand dollars and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on, and how would you measure its success? A single thing, a single thing. Wow. Um. Uh. Gee, single thing. Yeah. <sighs> That's a that's a hard question to do a single thing, but I I would say it would have to be at least have a piece of property like a landing page that I can collect details. Um, so if I could create, and it wouldn't cost me ten thousand dollars, I'd probably have some change, but create a landing page where I can collect uh, email addresses. So if I was out and about and I'm talking to people or connecting with them, however I do that, I could send them to this one spot that I can further connect with them and offer them stuff as well. So um, I don't know if that's an, a, a legitimate uh, answer, but I would say somewhere where I can connect with people, I know going back to my original question, which, which was the what that I wish I'd done ages ago, and that's, you know, it, but I've been burnt about not having an email address. I really want to make sure that I'm collecting email addresses everywhere I go. And um, you say just email addresses. Does that mean that you would just ask email addresses within the form or would you ask for someone's name in the, as part of the sign-up process as well? You know, it depends on what I'm offering. But um, if I, if 
you know, the, the, the stats are out there that if you only ask an email address, you're going to get a lot more opt-ins mm. for it. Um, you know, gone are the days of dear Andrew, really meaning it's actually legitimately they really care. Um, so you know, if it's just email addresses, email address. If I could, if I could get the same results and ask for a first name, I would do that too. My number one takeaway. Well, Andrew, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? You know what? Um, pick one thing and do it. Just do it. I, I see so many people trying to learn everything and they get so overwhelmed they do nothing. Um, version one is better than version none. You know, if, if you're gonna, if you're thinking about doing Google Plus, go and do it. If you're thinking about doing Facebook, do it. If you're thinking about re- getting a website, just get it and don't don't sweat on the small stuff. Just take that step because then you can take the next step, which is okay. Let's see if it works or let's change it if we need to change it. Okay, great. Well, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So thank you so much for your time, your focus, and your advice. What's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? You can, uh, you can find me at Autopilot Your Business. You will, uh, you'll see the uh, contact page. All my, all my details are there, all the Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, all that sort of stuff. You can connect with me there and uh, leave me a shout-out and tell me you heard me on here, and I'd love to connect with you. Lovely. Okay, that's autopilotyourbusiness.com, isn't it? That's it. Great. Exactly. Thanks again, Andrew. Thanks, David. Digital marketing radio. Digital-